right, welcome to Cigarette Burns Hot Take Oscar Recap Show, where you're going to get to hear Jed and I's fantastic takes from yesterday's Oscars. But before we get started, or before I launch into uh, my thoughts, Jed, how'd you like them? I fucking liked them. I mean, not necessarily all the awards that were given out, but I enjoyed the fact that there wasn't a host taking up time with comedy that seems to never really work, and that the award show just felt like it moved along. It felt like a normal award show. I... I I was blown away by how much I enjoyed that. We'll get to the awards because all of that excitement I had for no host was tempered, let's say, with some of the awards <laughs> that we given out. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I, with respect to no host, I totally agree. I really enjoyed the fact that there wasn't a host. I thought that the show seemed to creep on, even though it still went over three hours. <sighs> That's a given. Yeah, it, it was very nice not to have hokey sketches and bringing tourists into gawk at celebrities and have a long monologue that is it going to be good, is it not? I really enjoyed No Host, and it showed that we really don't need one, so I hope they continue with that. But unfortunately, with as many good awards that were given out, there were some uh, there were some head scratchers. So uh, I guess we should start with the ones we liked. Uh, your favorite award of the night. Oh, boy, favorite award of the night. I would say it was... I'm going to go easy here. I'm going to say it was Rami getting best actor. I was, you know, as being the Mr. Robot fan and seeing him, honestly, Christian Bale could have easily gotten the award and I would have been happy. But it's really nice to see him him get this award because he did a great job in a very mediocre film. And everything that film has garnered has been because of him. Um, and the only reason people will remember that film will will be because of him. What about you? I'm glad that you decided that we're going to start with Bohemian Rhapsody. This yeah, is great. I'm starting with Bohemian I wanted to set you up, man. That's, you know how that's how I work. So uh, I'm fine with Rami winning. I like his work and other things. I think he's an incredibly talented actor. I wish that he was getting this accolade for a much better film. Uh, I, my thoughts on Bohemian Rhapsody, notwithstanding, his performance was perfectly fine. Uh, I personally had him third in that category. Um, I definitely had Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper's performances above his, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't deserve it or that his performance wasn't good. The movie itself, having four Oscars last night, is a fucking joke. I woke up in a world this morning where Bohemian Rhapsody has more Oscars than Apocalypse Now and The Godfather and a whole host of other phenomenal films. So, um, What's for the problem there? I'm, I'm not... <laughs> what, does something not add up? Am I not seeing something? I guess what, uh, what I failed to realize was that the Academy was just full of people who love that two-disc set of Queen's Greatest Hits because <laughs> Queen won four Oscars last night because they made a bunch of good songs. But Some really good songs, I will admit. They, they did. Very, it's, very I, I really enjoyed paying 15 bucks to go and sit and listen to a CD and then have it win four Oscars. The, the struggle that I have with Bohemian Rhapsody, and we're probably going to hit on this again, is with some of these winners, there's nothing exceptional about that film. And when I watch the Oscars, which I know are political and are motivated by commerce and these studios spend a shitload of money trying to get these awards, it really bugs me when an award is given to something that is absolutely as unexceptional as something can be. So that's really where I, I struggle with having Bohemian Rhapsody win, say, sound mixing and sound editing for hitting play on a Queen song. Yeah, all the editing awards that Bohemian Rhapsody got, like being the best, uh, winning best editing, come on. I mean, it was just because of that Live Aid scene, and they had a source material to go from. I mean, something like Vice, editing a very complicated subject and, and person and subject matter was should have been the winner, in my opinion. 
I for the technical categories, I can't see how First Man didn't sweep them. I completely understand it from a screenplay or even not getting best picture. But I thought the technical categories was something that they should have absolutely swept. That was a stunning achievement in just the making of a film. So I thought Chazelle should have been nominated at the very least. I thought they should have swept the VFX, sound editing, film editing, sound mixing. And it really should have been nominated for score. I think they did pick up the uh, best effects, which they absolutely deserved. See, to me, and I... I had no problem with them winning that, but honestly, and I know you haven't seen the film yet, but Avengers Infinity War, the way they edited that to deal with everything they had to deal with, to me, that's an accomplishment, but they don't normally give the visual effects awards to, if there's a serious film in the mix, they're going to give it to the serious film that has, um, I'd say, more natural settings in there than, let's say, Avengers Infinity War, but uh, again, I don't want to harp on it, but just the effects in that film were a cut above everything I've seen, especially with everything they had to deal with um, in terms of how many characters there are in any given scene well for those of you following along the uh the cigarette burns academy award nomination ballot we did pick avengers to win that category so chalk it up to another l for jed on that yeah that's that's my that's on me i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) so i i gotta move on because i i think i enjoyed this film more than you did so i'm gonna go ahead and take the ball and talk about roma because I, I found that film to just be a spectacular experience. I loved actually watching that film. And it should have been a long night for Alfonso Cuaron getting up on that stage and talking, and it certainly was. And I think that the film got the recognition that it was due. Uh, it was spectacularly shot. It was a beautiful example of a director taking a passion project and doing everything he could with it. And I have no problem and frankly thought that it should have probably won a little bit more than it did, which means it should have beat the shit out of Green Book for Best Picture. <laughs> Are we going there? Are we ready to talk about that? Because I agree with everything you say about Roma. I think you did enjoy the film more than me, but I did enjoy it a lot. I really I love the way it was shot. I love the, the visual you feel like you are part of that world that uh, that they're showing there, and it's so real. And especially with the sound editing that that film had, where you're very immersed because of the surround sound, all the different conversations that are going on, and the different channels there. It's uh, cinematography was great, the direction was great. Obviously, it won best foreign language film. I could have easily seen it winning best picture. Um, it deserves it more than Green Book. Um, so I don't know. Let's let's talk about Green Book. I think it's fucking time. Okay, I'm gonna let you lead because I got some thoughts. Okay, so I know for a fact that I liked Green Book more than you. I came out of that film and I was like, you know what? That was a really good movie. I did not think it was really gonna win anything. I didn't really think it should. Maybe I thought Vigo did a great job and I thought Mahershala did a great job. I didn't think it would needed anything for directing or editing or definitely not fucking screenplay that one is just surprising i, I don't understand believe it. that it makes no sense like there was nothing special about that fucking script and especially with who it was up against i mean i just ah uh, it's ah uh, it's fuck i don't even know what to say because it's like you're telling me that that was a better screenplay than the favorite I, mean, uh, I know you guys can't a- see jed but he is absolutely dumbstruck with how stupid it is the green book one screenplay it makes no sense. First Reform was light years ahead of it. Vice was so much better than it in terms of screenplay. I, I just... Roma, better than it in terms of screenplay. It doesn't make sense. So what did they flip something and say, like, we're going to give it to the one that doesn't deserve it the least? Like, come on. Well, the thing that it seemed that the Academy appreciated this year was nothingness, which, I mean, <laughs> is <laughs> there's just nothing unique or special about a lot of the movies that won most of the awards. 
the fact that Green Book won screenplay is just idiotic on its face. And I didn't think there would be a worse award. I really, when that was announced, I thought there's the shit award for the night uh, for a movie that is at best a C plus B minus movie. Like you did like it more than me. I thought it was fine, but I also feel like it fell into every fucking trope that a movie like that falls into. It's so much more than falling into the white savior trope. I just thought any chance that that film had to take the easy way out and not have the discussion that a particular scene could have had, that's the exit that it took. And for a movie to take the easy way out every time and then be awarded with screenplay and best picture is absurd. But that is also a film that the Academy traditionally year in, year out is really comfortable with, which is that film that talks about race in a way that makes white folks feel very comfortable and very happy with themselves. And I just don't understand why it continues to award something that's so simple and that's been done a million times. It really has. I mean, it's when I saw the film, I immediately thought of Driving Miss Daisy and then Driving Miss Daisy also won the Academy Award for Best Picture. And so you see the similarities there and the parallels. And to me, obviously, it was a film about race relations. That was a very prevalent part. He's Viggo Mortensen's character is um, racist in the beginning and then meets an African-American who's very special to him, has something to offer. It's that's, yep. that's the thing that I kind of can pick up on in hindsight of, well, it took... The guys that were helping out and fixing um, your sink or whatever the case was in the very beginning of the film, they weren't special enough to break your racism. It took this once-in-a-generation uh, pianist and, and musician to cause you to be like, oh, you know what? They're all right. They're all right people. They're not— Exactly. I, that's— and, and, and upon further further reflection, that is really fucked up. But to me, what I liked about the movie is the friendship aspects, um, how they're opposites that end up helping each other. And I understand all the white savior points and they and they're completely valid. But I thought that it wasn't just one sided. They each help each other um, grow in certain ways. The execution of it was fine. The movie was fine. I enjoyed it. I'm not really going to watch it again, maybe if it's on HBO in the background or something like that. But is it a best picture? No. Right. And just one other comment on, you know, the friendship aspect. And you and I have had this discussion before, but I look at that friendship aspect and realize that to me, it seemed so incredibly one-sided that Mahershala Ali's character, Dr. Shirley, was consistently telling Tony Lip how to just be a regular person with an operating brain to show you that obviously black people and white people are not different because of the color of their skin, which seems to be a lesson that anyone should know at, you know, inception. Whereas Viggo Mortensen's character is continually teaching Dr. Shirley how to be an African-American in 1960s America, which just doesn't quite add up to me. And I think a lot of that can be explained by the fact that uh, Violanga's son wrote the movie. And then Dr. Shirley's family has been pretty universally against the depiction of the friendship in that film. Yeah, absolutely. The part where he's telling him about black music uh, in, the, in the current society... Even in the theater, I was like, that doesn't make sense. That's, well, and the, no. the scene where they're teaching him how to eat fried chicken is like cringeworthy <laughs> on its face. That's not going to age well, man. It didn't and age that well one, when I saw it. <laughs> that just won best picture. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I Crash agree. has company. Crash definitely has company. Yep. Well, you know, Lionsgate is good for that, I guess we can say, because <laughs> uh, they, they were part of releasing both of these in some aspects. So, By the way, Lionsgate, if you'd like to sponsor us. Yeah, we would love it. We would really mm -hmm. appreciate it. So 
I would say that those were probably the bad aspects for me last night, but there was a lot of good in that show last night. Um, and there's a, there's a couple of things that I want to mention uh, before we get out of this, because period, end of sentence, Rika Zatopsi, if I'm pronouncing that right, which I'm sure I'm not, gave one of the funniest moments of the night last night when she spoke about uh, how this movie about how the menstrual system is considered taboo in India one and she walks up and she said, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's not because I'm on my period. It was, it brought the house <laughs> down hilarious. and it was so funny and it was so honest and it was so true and it wasn't written or uh, read off of a sheet of paper. It was, it was fantastic. I, um, you know, best actress going to Olivia Coleman. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, I really thought it was a toss up between her, Glenn Close and Melissa McCarthy. I was hoping Glenn Close would get it. Uh, they nominated what, like seven times. So, Maybe one day she'll get that one, but Olivia Coleman's speech, uh, as you had said, was just so good, man. Like, oh, it was so great. There's nothing that. better than watching somebody win an Oscar who didn't expect to win it. And I think it's easy because of the award season to forget that Olivia Coleman was the leader in the clubhouse before the Golden Globes started. She was supposed to win all of the awards, and then Glenn Close has that miraculous Golden Globes win and goes on this tear through award season. So Olivia Coleman ends up winning the Oscar. Everybody thought she was going to win two, three months ago. Some might call her the favorite. Wow. You're welcome. We had fans. We don't have fans anymore. Yep. We lost them right there. That was it. Mark it. Hashtag Glenn's so close. <laughs> so we've talked about best actor, best actress going to Rami Malek and Olivia Coleman, but we would also be remiss if we left out the f- amazing performances by Mahershala Ali in, like Rami Malek, a-, a substandard, in my opinion, film. Yeah, it won Best Picture, but it- it's going to not age well. But his performance was great. And obviously, Regina King, who it- her performance of Beale Street Could Talk is is transcendent, and she deserves every bit of that award. And I think the SAGs are going to look incredibly dumb by not even nominating her, but uh, she wins an award that was hers to win right when award season began. And starting off the telecast with her getting her Oscar was was fantastic. And we also absolutely cannot go this podcast without mentioning that our man, Spike Lee, won his first competitive Oscar. Yes, he did. Yes, he fucking did. That was, oh man, that was a good... That was a great speech. That was such a good scene. He was, I mean, you saw how happy he was. Him and Samuel L. Jackson together. I mean, that's just, oh, it was so so great. (laughs) And for those of you out there who might think that we uh, planned releasing the Spike Lee episode knowing he was going to win the Oscar, that obviously we didn't have any inside information. It just worked out that way. And boy, did he come through in the clutch for us, not just winning, but all of his comments during the show and then after the show, his interviews hit YouTube and watch Spike go off. Got some great quotes about Green Book, got some great quotes about Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, got some great quotes about Driving Miss Daisy. And I mean, there was the Kanye moment, too, with when Green Book was announced, Spike got up out of his seat. He was leaving and then he went back and he had his like back to the stage. And uh, Spike has his opinions and he always voices them and love it or hate it. He's always going to be himself. And I love him for that. Absolutely. You see it in his filmmaking, but you also see it in his outside persona. He's not just speaking through film. He'll speak right to the camera. And it was fantastic. Seriously hit YouTube. The clips are worth every second. Um, And then I don't think we can wrap up tonight. I I think that your girlfriend and my wife would be awfully upset if we didn't talk about uh, the scene last night that made my television melt, which was Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's performance of Shallow. Your thoughts, Jed? Well, um, my thoughts on that one, let me just give you the scene as to what happened real quick. So the music started playing, and the second the music started playing, before they even got on stage, this is what I heard. Shut up, shut up, shut up. No, There's no talking. There's, there's no talking right now. Shut up, shut up. 
shut up. I'm like, Rachel, I wasn't even saying anything. Shut up. Okay, fine. And I've never seen her more transfixed to the TV than for those like two and a half minutes that they were singing. It was amazing. She wants to marry Bradley Cooper right now. Right. She's like, I yep. am not, I don't exist. Which I can't blame her. No, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, when after that song was done, I could just hear the world getting pregnant after yeah. that performance. It was just unbelievable. But uh, I don't think that I can really explain what it was like here in my house. So let's go to the person who enjoyed it more than anyone on earth. All right, everybody. We're joined by my brilliant and beautiful wife, Jessica, who's fresh from crushing up a pill with a boot to get ready for her podcast debut. <laughs> so... I just wanted to ask you to tell everybody what it was like for you watching that shallow performance last night. It was wonderful for me. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. Um, I thought the performance was great. I had super high expectations and it exceeded absolutely every single one of them. I thought the performance was wonderful from everything that it not needed an introduction to seeing them grab hands to go on stage. I think the whole performance showed what they had throughout the entire press junket, the whole movie, everything. It showed their camaraderie. But, you know... Hopeless romantic and me absolutely love seeing them gaze at each other, watching him, you know, stare at her and then move his mic aside and have that awesome embrace at the end. And Is that when was... you hit me? Is that when you hit my arm? <laughs> well, you were talking unnecessarily, making a lot of noise. <laughs> and the long gaze at the end. And obviously their voices were beautiful and everything was so well rehearsed. And they're both two great actors. And whether it was an act or not, you know, not for us to tell. But it was... Just for us to hope. It was a great performance. Yeah, so I'm probably going to be replaced. I think that's what I got out of the Oscars yesterday. Long overdue, uh, in my opinion, so yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that's, a, that's a common thought. I get that. But uh, anything else you want to tell everybody about the Oscars? No, uh, I just hope the, the best picture next year is better than the best picture this year. Well, guys, that's all for us. Remember, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SigBurnsPod. That's C-I-G-B-U-R-N-S-P-O-D. And you can email us at CigaretteBurnsPodcast at Yahoo.com. We will talk to you guys next week. Later, Burns.